What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, I got to tell you about our friends over at Illegal Pete's. Illegal Pete's is back, and we're so pumped to have them on board again. Guys, they are one of my favorite restaurants. Pretty much go there every single week. They've got six awesome locations. Pretty much every location has an awesome patio, too, so it's perfect for summertime. And what else pairs well with summer? Well, get yourselves a Marg or one of their happy hour beers. They've got an incredible happy Happy hour from three to six every single day at all of their locations. It's $1 off drafts, $1 off house and coin style marks. And I'll tell you what, their margs are impossible to beat. $1 off large chips and queso and large chips and guac and free salsa. If you're drinking at the bar and chips come with that as well, that's one thing that I love to do in the summer. Go get a drink, go get some chips and salsa for free with that drink during happy hour. And guys, their queso you cannot beat one of the things that I love there. Of course, I love the fish tacos, which crazy to say coming from like a, a fast casual restaurant, but they are so good there, but their nachos are hard to beat. I get it with the chips on the side and it pretty much just makes a delicious queso dip. And that's your meal right there. So make sure to check them out over at Illegal Pete's. They've got one close to us at the DNBR bar. They've got one on South Broadway. They've got one in Fort Collins. They have them where you want them. So make sure to check them out and let us know when you go there because it is absolutely delicious. All right, Mace, let's hop into the show. Number one for the one and only DNVR. Two goes out to Zach Mace, RK at the bar. Three for Mr. B in that old trophy case. Number four we're still waiting for. Well, bring on the chase. Couple with brick, brew and a friend, bleed orange and blue to the bitter end. Come and join us, DDNVR. We are DNVR. Welcome, welcome, welcome into the DNVR Broncos podcast on this terrific Thursday edition. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my man, Andrew Mason. And before we hop into the show, I got to tell you about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online, because time and time again, the one thing that will protect you against economic downturn is an education allowing you to adapt into varying careers. And you can go build your toolbox over at MSU Denver Online. They have mastered the art of online learning way before the pandemic. So they're the best place to go to get that education and continue to live your life. So check them out over at MSU Denver Online. My boy, Mace, what's shaking, my friend? I'm muted. See, there we go. <laughs> but I'm back. Um, not much, Zach, although I'm going to start by seeing if you can guess something here. Oh, yes. How many Excel windows I have open on my desktop computer right now? Holy cow. I mean, I would say like a sane person would have like zero or maybe one. Have I ever um, come across as sane? <laughs> <laughs> you come across as smart. And so that makes sense why you'd have so many Excel windows open. I'll go uh, seven. 17. Oh, my goodness. What numbers are you crunching? Well, I mean, I started with I started with going back through uh, point totals of the last uh, 51 seasons going back to the AFL NFL merger. I used that in my 
420 point piece uh, that I had up and because I wanted to also do like a throw a rolling three year kind of sample and the, just the, I just wanted to basically see for, for example like just how scoring has gone up and 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 kind of and kind of what uh, and, and how it has increased and find out and, and the interesting thing I was able to find out is that uh, not only was last year the highest scoring uh, period uh, in NFL history, but the last three years are the highest scoring period in NFL history, the last score, highest scoring three-year period. And we have actually that? been, we have been on a, on an, on an incline since night, since basically the early to mid 1990s, we've been on an incline since the 1993 to 1995, three-year sample. It actually bottomed, actually bottomed out in the early nineties. It didn't seem like bad football then, but I guess it was boring football, but we are currently in the midst of, instead of a, there's a bit, a, there's been a steady rise, but there have been two huge pronounced spikes. One was in the mid 1990s. Another is a spike that we're in right now over the last 30 years. So let's see where that goes this year. I'm, I am fascinated to see, if this year points per game, if they drop a little bit now that we have fans back in the stadiums and we have a more daunting road environment for teams in terms of pre-snap checks and calls and all that. But that being said, 420, it's still a good number for the Broncos to target. It's just under 25 points per game. And I detail why in my piece, but I've got other things. I'm looking at pass rush numbers. I'm looking at, I'm, I'm looking at some, turnover rates on quarterbacks. I've always got my four-year sample size on quarterbacks that I've often cite over the offseason, especially when doing the Teddy and Drew comparison. So just there's always there's always stuff I want to quickly refer to, and that's where it is. But I have so many windows, Zach, 17 of them, that it defeats the whole purpose of being able to access this stuff quickly. <laughs> seriously holy cow that's a lot of information you guys yes. gotta go check out mace's piece over at the dnvr.com where you get everything that you uh. could possibly want in terms of numbers and broncos coverage i can guarantee it we've got the best out there and mace one of the things you said is you were checking out some pass rushing numbers uh-huh. and let's dive in to just how good the Broncos pass rush, specifically the edge guys, Von Miller and Bradley Chubb will be this year. And let's dive into what Mike Clay, a non-biased source, thinks the Broncos are going to do this year. Of course, we're referencing Mike Pl- Mike Clay from ESPN, his yearly projections that he does a great job on. And Mace, tell us what he has for Von Miller and Bradley Chubb this year. All right, he's got Von Miller returning from his injury to have nine and a half sacks, exactly 9.5. He has Bradley Chubb at 7.8. Wow. So let's round Vons up. We'll give both of them the benefit of the doubt. Let's round round Vons up. Well, no, I guess you can have nine and a half sacks. So we'll we'll keep Mm -hmm. on a nine and a half and let's round Bradley's up to eight. Yes. So the two of them, they're going for 16 and a half. That's uh, yeah, that, that, that would actually be uh, nine and a half plus eight would be 17 and a half. 17. Well, there you go. Thank you. That's why you're the guy with the uh, Excel no. files open check, and not had, me. Had to check the abacus there. And a half. <clears throat> Mace, this is incredibly underwhelming, incredibly disappointing. One of these guys on their own 
should be close to that 17 and a half sack total. And uh, both of them combined, boy, this is a colossal failure in my mind. It is a massive failure if they both don't get to double-digit sacks. It's an incredible failure if neither of them get to double-digit sacks, if they both don't combine for at least 20 sacks, and that is the bare minimum. This is such a failure. Am I wrong here? You're not wrong. Now, we know that uh, Mike Clay's, some of his raw numbers tend to be maybe somewhat conservative estimates or they per- they're perceived that way because he does account for the possibility of injuries and uh, other factors. Now, that being said, uh, when you think about Bradley Chubb for a moment and think about uh, where he was last year, yes, Bradley Chubb was a Pro Bowl edge rusher in 2020, making the Pro Bowl for the first time, but he had seven and a half sacks last year. So really seven and a half last year. And then he had one in the four games before he got hurt uh, with uh, in 2019. That was of course his first time in Vic Fangio's defense. And so that's eight and a half sacks in 18 games in the Fangio scheme. Now only four of those came with Von Miller, but he, you know, of course we go back to the start of the 2019 season. They were trying to figure things out. They weren't productive. So It's really kind of, it's fascinating to look at this, but also I think it also reflects maybe how our expectations here in Denver exceed the expectations that are present nationally because Bradley Chubb's career total, 20 and a half sacks in 35 games. This is including, of course, what he had, or 34 games, pardon me. So that's including what he had, um, in 2018 well that would put him on pace for 10 sacks in 17 games but then you but but then that's factoring in when he was in joseph's defense in vic fangio's defense eight and a half sacks in in 18 games total that doesn't translate to much more than the uh 7.8 or slash eight that mike clay hasn't projected for so maybe this is just a difference in local expectation versus kind of stepping away nationally and viewing it just as a data point and saying, well, you know, Chubb's been all right, but he hasn't been world beating in terms of sack production. Two kind of disclaimers, but before you just said something that really made me nervous, Mace, the eight and a half sacks in 18 games for Bradley Chubb in Vic Fangio's defense. What the heck? What, what, what is that about? And I'm not putting this all on Bradley Chubb. I'm not putting this all on Vic Fangio, but there's a major disconnect. Remember when Vic got here, he couldn't stop talking about how great Bradley Chubb is in this defense. He's a perfect fit. He's better than, you know, from, from what we were hearing behind the scenes, they thought he was better than Von Miller in this defense. And that was before Von got hurt. That was before Vaughn's underwhelming season in 2019 when he only had eight sacks. That was before that. That was when Vaughn Miller was still putting up fantastic numbers, and uh, they thought Bradley Chubb was better Mm -hmm. than Vaughn for this system. Where's the disconnect? That is extremely underwhelming. We know about the slow start that both Vaughn and Chubb and really the entire defense had in terms of sacks and takeaways in Vic Fangio's first year, so that plays into it. Then, of course, Bradley got hurt, but then 
last year, yes, it was a Pro Bowl season, but not even double-digit sacks. I think everyone can expect uh, or want him to grow from that. So first, that is, I mean, where is the disconnect there? That's that's not a number five overall pick living up to expectations in a defense that that is or with a head coach that's brought in to have a defense that's catered around him. So again, I'm not putting it all on one person, but that is that's shocking right there. So really quick, my two disclaimers to this is uh-huh. I'm not saying Mike Clay is wrong with these, by the way. I'm just saying if this is how it ends up happening, this is how I feel incredibly underwhelmed and disappointed. Um, and my other disclaimer is, yes, we know that sacks aren't everything, but I'm kind of taking these sack numbers and uh, saying this is how they play the rest of their game in terms of a pass rush ability. Yes. Is it possible Von Miller? is one of the best pass rushers in the NFL this season because he gets, you know, the most pressures, but only gets nine and a half sacks because quarterbacks get the ball out quick, right? When he's there. Sure. That's possible. But I'm saying nine and a half sacks equates to, you know, what nine and a half pressures would be or what nine and a half sacks to pressures would be. So that's how I'm approaching these numbers. I'm not putting everything on the sacks. I'm just saying this is about how they end up playing. So two important disclaimers here. And if this is the case, Mace, very disappointing and there's just a massive disconnect yeah now it's it would be disappointing i mean i think if bradley chubb doesn't get 10 sacks i think that's going to be a disappointment and yeah now now that being said uh, and this is something that uh you know i'm sure some people are going to uh, disagree with it's sort of a reminder of kind of where bradley chubb is where he's going and why I don't think it's fair to expect him to be as prolific in terms of sacks as Von Miller. He's proven to be a very good player, but like Von Miller at a similar point in his career also was dealing with an injury, but Von Miller in terms of his sack production was already starting to be on that hall of fame type trajectory in terms of the sacks that he had on a per game basis, right? A per 16 game basis. And Bradley Chubb isn't in that class. So, and the, but the other thing you could say is Chubb, you know, he spent last year bouncing back from injury. He didn't have Von Miller opposite him. Now he's going to have Von Miller on the other side. And that's, and, and, and certainly that is a factor as well. But that's, I think in general, it's probably, I, I think the expectations for Bradley Chubb, while they should be higher than this, I don't think that we're going to be sitting here with Bradley Chubb over the years and saying, oh, this is a guy they expect to get, get 15 sacks, 14, 14 and a half, 15 sacks every year. No, I think he's probably somebody who settles more in the range of, especially if Von Miller is not back in 2022. Bradley Chubb probably is somebody who settles more in the range of uh, 10, to, 10 to 12 and a half, which given what else he does, especially as stout as he can be against the run, is certainly is good and certainly uh, is going to be worth a hefty paycheck, but it's just kind of the difference between being a very good player who's helpful for the long term and is a ring of famer and somebody like Vaughn Miller, who I think we'd all be shocked if he's not a Hall of Famer.
Yeah, if not first ballot Hall of Fame. And so, Mace, that's a good place to uh, to continue this conversation is expectations mm-hmm. for both Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. Bradley Chubb coming off his first Pro Bowl appearance uh, showed that he bounced back pretty successfully from a, a, a bad injury that he had the year before. And Von Miller, 32 years old, coming off a season-ending injury, coming off his worst season uh, really in, in, in the foreseeable past for him uh, it, with eight sacks in 2019. <laughs> Nothing. He didn't play last year. What are the expectations for these guys? Because when you look at it like that for Von Miller, the expectations are pretty low, you know, for, for what we know of Von Miller as a player, you know, eight sacks isn't low compared to the league, but when you're talking about Von Miller, that's pretty low, but for me, and maybe I'm wrong here, they're paying him 18, $20 million this year. (laughs) So I'm holding him to that standard. Uh, The Broncos asked if he wanted to take a pay cut and Von, because he has the contract, he said, no, I mean, he didn't have to take a pay cut, but they're paying him that money. So I'm holding him to that standard and what the NFL was a couple of years ago when Vines, when Vaughn signed this contract, what the, what, what the market rate was, was one sack per million dollars. Now, I'm going to take a step back a little bit. I don't expect Vaughn to get 20 sacks this season, although that would be awesome. But I'm going to say he needs to be at 15 sacks, and I know that would be the second best in his career, but those are the standards I'm holding him to. Now, if he gets 13 and a half or 14, is it a colossal failure? No, of course not. He would have a great season. Um, Mm. But that's the standards that I'm holding him to, a very high standard because he didn't take a pay cut. He's not making 10 million this year. He's not making 15. Million this he's making more than that, so that's the standard I hold him to. He's one of the highest paid pass rushers in the league, so he better perform like that. And he's 32 years old, he's not 36 years old. As as you've documented in the past, Mace, it's not unheard of for guys to have good seasons in their 30s, especially early 30s, like Vaughn is as a pass rusher. So that's the standard I'm holding him to. And Mace, you've just been you've been smiling, maybe shaking your head a little bit during during my talk here. Well, I'm just having a flashback to our conversation last year. And I know people remember that conversation because it got so heated. It did. It was and, a fun one. <laughs> and I, I can almost, and if you're cringing, kind of anticipating what might come, I wouldn't blame you. But that being said, I'm, I'm also sitting here looking at the cap figures for edge rushers this year. And I thought, boy, oh boy. Von Miller, 22.125 million. And if people are disappointed in him, if he ends up right now in this ranking, Mike Clay has him finishing 12th in the NFL in sacks. Okay. Okay. Last and last year, 12th in the NFL in sacks. I'm going to, I just have to cue it up here. It would have been, wow, very interesting, Zach. 12th in the NFL in sacks would have been nine and a half because you oh my guys gosh, tied wow. for 11. Jason Pierre, Paul DeForest, Buckner, and Jamal Adams, of all people, the, sa- the safety was traded from the Jets to the Seahawks. Think about that wow. for a moment. Now, so yeah. Von Miller is tied with a freaking safety 
for if, sacks. He's tied with yeah. an interior offensive lineman not named Aaron Donald. If you're tied with Aaron Donald, okay, fine. If you're tied with any other interior defensive lineman, and DeForest Buckner is is a very good player, obviously, mm-hmm. but edge defenders should be getting more sacks than interior defenders. So, man, yeah. that's uh, that's something. So 12th, that's crazy, though, how it played out from his projections to last year. Yeah, I wanted to say, okay, what like what would what would 12th in the NFL look like? And uh, to, to Mike Clay's credit, at least last year, 12th looked like that. Now, back in 2019, 12th was 11 and a half sacks because you had four guys tied for ninth place, Robert Quinn, Bud Dupree, Dante Fowler Jr., and Joey Bosa. In 2018, oh, come on. Uh, uh, for some reason, it, for some reason, instead of having it be, uh, in, instead of having it be one through 12, everyone is number 408. So in 2018, one, two, three, four, five, six, eight, 10, 12th would have been 12 and a half sacks for Jason Pierre Paul. And also Khalil Mack was uh, at that figure as well. 2017, 12th best would have been, let's see, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 11 sacks. Uh, Cause you had a bunch of guys tied, including Julius Peppers, Terrell Suggs, Mario Anderson, and Aaron, Aaron Donald. So last year, again, it sort of lends credence to the whole thing of offense was up, no noise, defense, def- defense was down a little bit. Is that something that continues? Because, the, because the sack leaders weren't getting figures like they had. The other years of this, of this, of this metric, Zach, indicate that if Vaughn is 12th in the league, he's going to have somewhere between 11 and 12 and a half sacks in recent years. But is that worth the third highest cap figure for an edge rusher in the NFL? Yeah, and because, I mean, I guess safeties are, are in the sack conversation now, and of course, just not just edge, but interior defensive linemen as well, Mace. I'm looking at all of the defensive players, every single defensive player in the NFL right now, their cap hit this coming year. You know where Von Miller, Von Miller's 22 and, that, and, and almost a half million dollar cap hit ranks in the NFL in terms of defensive players this year? Uh, sixth. Close fourth, fourth. So again, it would be underwhelming if he is getting the 12th most sacks and that's not even looking at where he ranks in terms of edge players uh, and outside linebackers in terms of like edge rushers. He would be third in terms of true outside linebackers. He would be number one. So that's why I'm holding him to an incredibly high standard. I understand that some people will say, yeah, but you know, he's coming back from a season ending injury and he's coming back uh, off an eight sack season. We shouldn't expect that much I totally get that reasoning but then I personally don't think you should be paying him 22 million dollars and having a cap hit like that if your expectations are going to be drastically low for him because you're kind of looking at the realistic situation Vaughn's in maybe I'm crazy and have such an unrealistic uh, mindset of where Vaughn should be but I, I think you know he needs to be he has to be at least in double digit figures. But I've also heard this sentiment that uh, of people specifically recently saying, you know, if Vaughn gets double digit sacks, that's where we need him to be. No, that is 10 sacks is not where you need him to be. Just like you said, Mace, then he'll be like a, a really good pass rusher. 
you're paying him to be the best pass rusher. So he needs to be more than just 10. I mean, I honestly think the floor needs to be 12 and a half, which Vaughn has done what more often than not in his career, at least at 12 and a half. And I feel even a little sick in my stomach saying 12 and a half, you know, that, that that's the floor. It should be higher than that. Oh man. I just, I don't like how far the expectations have dropped for a future first ballot hall of famer. Well, if you think, uh, you're if you think you're distressed over this imagine if we were in the metroplex and we were doing the dfw cowboys podcast and we were talking about demarcus lawrence's contract because he has a higher cap figure for this year of 25 million dollars and the dude has 11 and a half sacks in the last two years and he hasn't missed a game (laughs) i mean wow or you know the other guy who's right up there among edge rushers Frank Clark with 25 point with a 25.8 million dollar yikes cap number Macy he's uh, got he's got the biggest cap number among all defensive players uh, in the NFL uh, this year and currently he's dealing with uh uh he's he's dealing with more legal trouble because police saw a submachine gun in his car earlier this week and he was in California he's got the guy had an Uzi In his oh car. Gosh, that is, a, I mean, that's just, uh, he, and that's not his first time getting in trouble. That is not a good dude. Yeah. He was also arrested. Uh, uh, he was also arrested back in March because he had, because officers found two loaded firearms during a traffic stop. March of this year. Yes. Oh my goodness. And of course, then he had the domestic violence, uh, yep. uh arrest, which led, which led to a guilty plea, uh, of a disorderly conduct charge, but uh, Frank Clark is uh, not somebody who's been able to keep himself free of legal entanglements here. And yeah, we have, and oh, uh, by the way, yeah, Frank Clark is projected to have fewer sacks than either Bradley Chubb or Von Miller. Frank Clark is projected to have 7.4. Yeah, and that number may go down if he gets suspended for any of these. Uh, any of these in the past and man i'm just looking at these defensive players aaron donald the 22nd highest paid defensive player in the nfl a 14 million dollar cap hit this year oh man that is the value that i'm talking about and that i want i mean even khalil Mack is fairly far down this list at 20 he's got a 14.6 million dollar cap hit that's just uh again this is something that will always get me riled up and this isn't against vaughn it's against yeah. just the expectations being so low. Yeah. Uh, now for Aaron Donald, he's got some big cap numbers coming. Although, although he could be a candidate for restructure after 2022, his 2022 cap number is 27, 6.75 million. Whew. Okay. Yes. Okay. So he's, I, I'm going to expect big things out of Aaron Donald in 2022 then. Well, the, but that's where if you're L.A., you're looking at the length of the contract because Donald could be reaching a point where his production declines and you're saying, OK, did we get better than expect that? Then you're taking that overall contract number and then you're average, even though you're right. spreading out the per the per year hit at different rates, you're stepping back and saying, OK, what was the overall per year hit? Um, right. Khalil Mack, kind of the same thing. His cap number, Zach, last year was 26.6 million this year it dives to 14.646 next year zach it spikes to 30.15 million dollars no wonder no wonder the bears 
had to get themselves a cost control quarterback drink because they've got to squeeze in a $30 million cap figure in 22 for Coyle Mack. Now, let me ask you this, uh, Coyle Mack. So Coyle Mack's contract uh, last year for, it was, it was a little over 14 point, uh, a little over 14.6 million, 14.6 or, or last year, 26.6 million, pardon me. And Cleo Mack, uh, 26.6 million. And he had nine sacks. Incredibly not, disappointing. Not acceptable. No, I mean, it's, by it's, that I'm, standard, I'm not just holding Vaughn to these crazy. It's, it, it's, it's, it's everyone. Absolutely. You're right, Mason. Yeah. I smell a restructure coming for Khalil Mack. That's for sure. Um, it, it makes, honestly, seeing some of these numbers and seeing like how guys kind of decline when they get into their second contract or beyond, like Demarcus Lawrence, he has big two years in 17 and 18, 14 and a half sacks in 17, 10 and a half sacks in 2018. Since then, he hasn't even matched the total number of sacks he had in 2017, and he's only come close to the number they had in 2018 alone. So 11 and a half sacks the last two years. That sounds like a good one year total before, oh, but he gosh, was doing that. But he like was an do- even underwhelming yeah. for one year, let alone two. Yeah. It, and Khalil Mack, he, the last time he had double digit sacks was back in 2018, his fifth season. Since then, he hasn't missed a game. Eight and a half sacks, nine sacks. Some of these numbers make you start wondering that it, unless you've got an exceptional talent, like Aaron Donald, Donald is a, an exceptional generational player. But unless you have someone along those lines, is it worth giving a Leviathan massive contract to an edge rusher, to a second contract? Or are you better off letting that guy walk and go elsewhere since we're seeing it pretty clear uh, for some guys here, not all, but some, a pretty decent correlation. I mean, if we go further, not an edge rusher, rusher, but an interior guy. Talk about JJ Watt. Now injuries yeah. caught up with the poor guy, but yeah. certainly the value on his contract the last few years uh, went because of because of injuries. He had one season in the last five with more than five sacks. That was when he had sixteen back in 2018 when he played all sixteen games. The other years for JJ Watt. 2016, one and a half sacks, three games played. 2017, no sacks, five games played. I mentioned 2018. 2019, four sacks, eight games played. 2020, five sacks, 16 games played. I mean, I think we're all big fans of J.J. Watt. He's going to be a Hall of Famer because he was so otherworldly early in his career and has the the defensive player. Yeah, the the DPOIs tell you he's going to be a Hall of Famer no matter what happens in the future. But Houston's the juice that the Houston Texans got out of that second contract uh, for JJ Watt wasn't worth the squeeze. Yeah. Yeah. You're up. You're absolutely right. And uh, it, it's a really good point. It's not just a, a Von Miller topic. It, it's something around the league, but just be, I mean, gosh, I'm still not going to lower my expectations. Right. Uh, and so Mesa, it, it, what, what are the expectations for Bradley Chubb? Because obviously 
at least I, when a guy's on a first contract, I don't look at the money that they're making. I look mm-hmm. at, you know, the, the other circumstances, a top five pick. This is when Von Miller exploded in his career was right around the time that, uh, that Bradley Chubb is in right now. And so what are the, what are the expectations for Bradley Chubb last year? He made the pro bowl. He had seven and a half sacks. He is an edge rusher. Well, what, what are realistic expectations for him? For Bradley Chubb, I think the realistic expectation is he becomes a double digit sacker this year. Maybe not uh, 14 or 15, but I expect 10 to 11. I expect at least 10 to 11 sacks. And I'll be disappointed if he, is, if he does not get to 10 to 11 sacks this year. I would too. And where I'm putting this uh, is he needs to have the best year of his career. And so that would mean topping what he did as a rookie when in his rookie season, he had 12 sacks. He needs to top that. That's his floor for me is topping 12 sacks because then it would give him his second double digit sack season and also show that, okay, he's got more in the tank than just, uh, you know, a 12 sack season. That's not his ceiling. And if he, if he's going to do that, Mace, now is the perfect year because he had one year. He's now had one year fully under his belt post injury. He had a good year last year. Now he needs to show that he's not just a good player, but that he's a special player. And if you draft a a non quarterback in the top five, I don't care what position it is. That guy better be special. I mean, he should absolutely be in the conversation for the hall of fame. And that's where Bradley Chubb should be. Is he there yet? No, he's not. Is he disappointing so far in his career? No, he's not because he can still show that that he can be a Hall of Famer. He's by no means a bust, but he needs to show that. Fourth year in the NFL, show that this year, Bradley Chubb. So but I am holding Von Miller to a higher standard than I am Bradley Chubb uh, for reasons talked about. But still, the, the, the floor is still very high in my book. The expectations are for Bradley Chubb. And Mace, that's why I'm saying... They both have to be in double-digit sacks. Vaughn's got to be closer to 15. Chubb has to be at least more than 12. Uh, and I think we're kind of on similar pages with that. Maybe I'm, you know, a, a little higher than you. But that's where the expectations need to be. And Mace, I want to dive into exactly where these guys would rank around the NFL because at the end of the day, that's what's most important is how these guys would stack up to the rest of the NFL individually and together. But first, I got to tell you guys about our friends over at Strava Craft Coffee because they haven't been feeling the love lately. So they said, you know what? We're going to up the ante and give you an even better deal to get in and try our delicious CBD infused coffee. If you use the code DNVR25, you'll get 25% off your first order at Strava Craft Coffee. And guys, Strava Craft Coffee, I've got a cup right here. Today I went with hot coffee and it is delicious. If you use the code DNVR, you'll get 25% off CBD coffee, which helps relieve aches, pains, headaches, migraines, anything that's going on with your body. The CBD helps relieve, including for some people, it gets rid of the coffee jitters. So you can have as much coffee as you want without feeling any jitters. We've got it in the bar. So we've given it our stamp of approval. We've got it on tap 
as cold brew. And guys, after you use the code DNBR25, you can get, you can subscribe to receive 20% off every single order of Strava Craft Coffee for the rest of your life. And you can also have it delivered straight to your door every two, four, six, eight weeks, or however often you want it. It'll just show up to your door at 20% off. So make sure to use the code DNBR25 on your first order of Strava Craft Coffee to get 25% off. You know, we love telling you about stuff that can be delivered straight to your door, you know, like Strava Craft Coffee. And that's an, an Hassle Cattle Company. It's right there as well, straight to your door. You know, nothing's more convenient. Yeah, we're, we're getting more stuff delivered now to us at our doors than ever before. It's just the, the time that we're in. But Hassle Cattle Company, man, they they bring the goods and they bring it right to your door. They have damn good beef, that blue collar Wagyu. They call it the blue collar Wagyu because the best damn Wagyu that every man or woman can afford. And it's so damn good. If you don't want to deliver, if you want to come on down to the NBR bar, you're always welcome to join us there. Well, check out that damn good beef, that blue collar Wagyu beef. And we have the Hassle Cattle Company Wagyu Beef Burger. It has the seal of approval from Shelby Harris, among others, who tried it and loved it. You can see the video on our social media channel. So come on down to the DNVR bar. Like I've said, if you get this burger, you can put all the toppings you want on it. You're going to find that it's so flavorful, so tasty, that you maybe just go minimalist. Slice of onion, slice of tomato, slice of lettuce, little drizzle of ketchup and mustard, and maybe a slice of cheese. I don't even think you need that. That's how good it is. Hassle Cattle Company is also now offering the NVR listeners buy three, get one free on flank steaks. They're lean. They're very flavorful. They should be thinly sliced against the grain when carving. An ideal choice if you're looking to marinate. I love these flank steaks for carne asada, one of my favorite things to make. These steaks are super affordable, $9.99 each, and now you can buy three and get one free. Use that magical code DNVRFLANK at checkout. That's D-N-V-R-F-L-A-N-K at checkout for your buy three, get one free deal. Don't forget, of course, about the fact that you can use that magical code DNVR10 for 10% off your order. And if you get that order of $200, you've got free shipping. So think of, think of it this way. You basically get about about 20% off because you're going to save on shipping if you get to $200 and use that magical code DNVR10. You've got room in your freezer. Stick some beef in there from Hassle Cattle Company. Stick some of their steaks in there, their ground beef, their beef bacon, their franks with no fillers. You're going to have room for it. And then if you're ever thinking, oh, what do I have for dinner tonight? Oh, I've got some beef from Hassle Cattle Company in my freezer. I'll pull it out, thaw it grilled up and you can have that tasty burger right there off your grill at home from our friends over at Hassle Cattle Company. And like I said, don't forget that code DNVR10 for 10% off and get that order of $200 and you can get free shipping. That's HassleCattleCompany.com. H-A-S-S-E-L-L CattleCompany.com. All right, Mace. Also got to tell the good people about joining our family because we want you to be part of our family over at thednvr.com. So how you do that is go to thednvr.com, subscribe, and join our family. And there's so many perks. Not only do you get to read all of our content, not just Broncos, but Avs, Nuggets, Rockies, Buffs, Rams, Colorado Exos, everything that we've got, including golf content as well. You get to join our golf league. You get access to the members-only Discord. You get to support us. You get a member beer at the D. 
DNVR bar, which is a 22 ounce beer for the price of a 16 ounce beer. Just make sure to ask for the member beer when you're at the bar. You get a free t-shirt with an annual membership, which pretty much pays for half of the annual membership right there. You get access to everything that we've got on the website, the members only discord, everything that we've got going. You get extra raffle tickets when you're at watch parties. There are so many things that you get for this and you get to support us and you also get to leave comments on this podcast. We'd really appreciate it if you went over to thednvr.com, became a member. And when you do, leave a comment in the comment section to say hi and introduce yourself. But Mace, back to this conversation that we were just having. Where would Von Miller and Bradley Chubb rank in the NFL if Von had nine and a half sacks and Bradley Chubb had eight and they combined for 17 and a half sacks? All right. Good question. Because while we were doing that, I was actually going through and uh, doing some uh, first four year totals on because you mentioned Bradley Chubb being worth his draft pick. Right. And whether he's worth it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bradley Chubb, in terms of games played over his career, he actually he has averaged for his career nine point six sacks per 16 games among top 10 defensive line or edge rushers defensive ends and uh, outside linebackers since 2000. Where do you think he ranks among top 10 edge rushers in terms of their sack per game production over their first four years? And and what is his number exactly? 9.6 sacks per 16 games over his first three seasons or four seasons. Ooh, uh, that's probably pretty good. Yeah. Um, And you said he's in the top 10? Yeah. Now I did a four-year ranking. Of course, he's played three years, but he is in the top 10 of top 10 players he ranks ninth of all time yes wow. or since 2000 since 2000 since 2000 since 2000 okay so he ranks he ranks ninth of 46 wow okay so anyway that might make people feel better about bradley chubb i'm just saying yes i, I, I want to i want to give a a, a, def, a you know a defense of, of bradley chubb here but if we go to the mike clay projections and we say okay where do Bradley Chubb and Vaughn Miller rank in sacks? Vaughn Miller would be what would be tied for 11th with Leonard Floyd. Okay. Ooh, Leonard Brad- Floyd, who the Broncos maybe tried to get to replace him. Yeah, interestingly enough. And uh, Bradley Chubb would rank 22nd, right behind another guy that we've mentioned, Demarcus Lawrence. Now, there's one more thing I, I, I want to say, and obviously it doesn't get to the heart of contract value, but it also is a positive here. Ba- Mike Clay projects only four teams to have two guys who each have seven and a half or more sacks this year. And the Broncos okay. are one of those teams. Yep. And that's key to note. The other teams are Green Bay, the Rams with Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd, and then Washington, who the Broncos will see on Halloween with Chase Young and Montez Sweat, both projected to have uh, more than eight sacks this okay. year. Okay. So as a duo, they uh, they look pretty darn good. Is that where they are combined as well? Do they have the fourth most for any duo? Uh, that I don't know because I only just I only went through and did the individuals off of it. So I don't know if there's like, one guy who like Joey Bosa has 11.2, but I don't have another charger on here. So I'd have to look up and see if there's a charger that they projected. Cause right now Vaughn and Chubb are projected with 9.5 and 7.8. So they would be at, uh, 
at 17.3. Like for the Chargers, for example, do they have another guy projected to have six sacks here? They do not. So, for example, no. the Chargers okay. duo uh, would be would be behind them. But for example, the Green Bay duo of Zedarius of Zedarius Smith and Rashawn Gary. They are at 17.9. They're ahead of the Broncos. The Rams duo of Donald and Floyd, they are at 20.8. They're ahead of the Broncos. Uh, the Washington duo of Chase Young and Montez Sweat, they're at 17.6. So they are just a tick ahead of the Broncos at seven at uh, 17.3. So Mace, wouldn't it be a little underwhelming and disappointing if at least one of these guys isn't in the top 10 in the NFL? Because not only are they both top five picks, not only is Von Miller the fourth highest paid defensive player, the third highest paid edge rusher, the the highest paid outside linebacker in the NFL this year in terms of cat pit, but they've both got each other. And shouldn't that help the other one? Uh, Maybe it's Von helping Chubb this year. Maybe it's Chubb helping Von. But shouldn't that really benefit at least one of these guys? It's funny you mentioned that because while while we can look back at 2018 and see how having Von help Chubb, because Chubb, of course, had his career high of sacks when he was playing on the other side from Von Miller, we can also take a look at how having a complimentary edge rusher who is at a pro bowl level has helped Vaughn Miller. You go back over his career and Vaughn, including the playoffs has played 193 games with either Doomerville, Ware, or Chubb opposite him. And by the way, this is my moment to say Elvis Doomerville. He should be a ring of famer. I hope that happens. <laughs> Absolutely. In those games with doom D Ware or Chubb opposite him, Von Miller has averaged 0.87 sacks and 1.7 quarterback hits per game in the 49 games without that kind of compliment, his sack total dropped to 0.6.4 or 0.64 per game and quarterback hits dropped to 1.43. If you take that over 16 games, Zach, that means in a 16 game rate, Von Miller gets more 3.7 more sacks per season over 16 games when he's playing with one of those guys than when he doesn't. And mm. Von Von's rate of 0.83 sacks per game with Bradley Chubb that that goes almost perfectly with the rate with the overall rate of 0.87. So it's right there statistically. Uh, it makes sense compared to what he did with Doom and what he did with D-Ware. And so that's why uh, you have to you have to say, all right, uh, over the course of his career, if he's going to have 0.87 sacks per game when he's got the, a, a very good edge rusher, edge rusher opposite him, and uh, let's say that Vaughn plays 17 games, Zach, we're talking about 14.8 sacks. Yeah. And I mean, that's exactly what I'm talking about. That's why the expectation should be 15 because when you drafted Bradley Chubb, it wasn't just to have a good edge rusher. It was to make Von Miller even that much more lethal. And with that extra four sacks per season playing with Bradley Chubb, if they're both able to stay healthy this Mm -hmm. season, that's why, you know, 11 sacks, 
total for him will be so disappointing because that means on his own, he's getting seven sacks. And then with the help of Bradley Chubb, he's only getting 11. He should have double digit sacks on his own. And then the boost of four. And that's how you get really close to 15, if not topping 15. Those are great numbers there, Mace. I absolutely love that. And so drafting Bradley Chubb, really did help Vaughn. It's just about Vaughn taking advantage of that this year and being able to bounce back uh, and use that as well. Yeah, and this is why you see Bradley Chubb over on that side field and every indication is he should be good to go, maybe kind of gradually working his way back in camp. But you see Bradley Chubb on that side field and you know that he's already he's already had uh, – a season where he missed 12 games because of a, because of a knee injury and he has knee troubles in his background, going back to high school. And that's where you get a little bit nervous Zach, because for Vaughn to be in terms of production, everything that he can be, he really does need that guy on the opposite side. Now the question is, can Malik Reed be enough to, if something happens to Bradley Chubb, I mean, Malik Reed did have more sacks than Bradley Chubb last year, but Reed has not reached a point where he's attracting the same sort of attention that Bradley Chubb would from an opposing blocking scheme. Right. So for Vaughn and you know, it's, it's kind of, it also makes you sort of wonder about the value of Vaughn Miller contract wise, because as we're pointing out here, he has, you know, he's a guy who per 16 games, he's basically a 14 sack guy when he has, these pro bowl level level players opposite him. But when he doesn't have that guy, he's a 10 sack per season player. So he's not necessarily making it happen. So that's where you say, all right, he's a great player, but he does need a little bit of help. Otherwise his production is going to be down. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a good point. Okay. Let's look more around the league, Mason. You found a stat, which uh, man just makes Broncos fans a little queasy Shaq Barrett. Sack Barrett, I should call him, has more sacks than both Vaughn and Chubb, according he's, to Mike Clay. Yeah, he's projected to have 10 sacks. That would place him ninth. Mike Clay has 10, has a has nine players projected to have double digit sacks, and Shaq Barrett is one of them projected to have 10. And uh Oh man. I think I mean, Broncos fans would obviously be very happy for Shaq. I think Broncos yeah. fans were very happy for Shaq and, and the success he's had. I think a lot of Broncos fans were cheering for uh Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl because of him. I think a lot of Broncos fans were thrilled to see him go on and have that monster season right after he left the Broncos. But Broncos fans would also say, what were the Broncos doing? And then of course it would bring up even more conversations about what if the Broncos drafted Josh Allen instead of Bradley Chubb and kept Shaq Barrett around and he turned into this player? I mean, it's so people would be happy, but also people would be saying, why? I know. Well, I mean, I hate to play the what if game, but it's not just Josh Allen. What if they pick Quentin Nelson? I'm not sure that t- hmm. would the team have a better record. Maybe, maybe not. But we would be having a conversation right now about the Broncos offensive line having two all pros. Yeah. And Hall with of all Famer respect to what Quentin they have. Nelson. Yeah. Quentin, Quentin Nelson. That's a guy who's on a Canton trajectory. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, the other, I, I go back to the 2018 draft and I was asked leading up to it, like who was the player most likely to be a hall of famer? And I said, Quentin Nelson. 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that still looks absolutely right, Oh man. I mean, again, Chubb's a Chubb's a good player and it's no fault of Brad of Bradley Chubb's own that the, the guys, the Broncos could have picked there and filled a crying need. One Nelson looks like he is on a collision course with a gold jacket. And then Josh Allen, like you mentioned, was nearly the league MVP last year at the most important position. Um, it really yeah, just yeah. reminds you of, yeah. of uh, Patrick Sertan. I mean, well, his career in Denver, what, whether yeah. the pick of Patrick Sertan was a success or not, really isn't going to have to do with him. You're going to yeah. look at Justin Fields and Mac Jones. And if those guys really, no matter what Patrick Sertan does, if those guys turn out to be good players, then the pick of Patrick Sertan is going to be questioned for a long time. Yeah, and it, if you have that, the other thing that comes into play is um, if you don't get Aaron Rodgers and uh, neither Drew Locke nor Teddy Bridgewater proved to be a long-term answer and you get to next year's drafting, you're thinking about the uh, – maybe you're pick, thinking about the first-round pick from the Bears that you could have had to allow them to move up and get Justin Fields, and you said, no, we're going to stand pat and take Patrick Sertan. Um, well – you're going to look back on that and say, boy, we really could have used that to try to move up to get one of these quarterbacks in 2022. Yeah. So again, no fault of Chubb zone, no fault of Sertan zone, but because Chubb, as I've mentioned in terms of, of his per game production, pretty good. If we're talking about a top 10 edge rusher, he's one of the better ones in the last 20 years relative to draft position. You're you're happy with that, but you would you have been better off with one of the other guys and especially the quarterback position if they'd pick Josh Allen. Yeah. And that's, you know, and, and that's the whole thing. All of these projections we talk about, all these predictions we talk about right now, universally, they come with a caveat that boy, this team would be something if they could figure out quarterback. And that's why it's fair to uh, it's 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 not fair to Bradley Chubb to bring it up in comparison with him. But in terms of the Broncos overall process, yeah, it is fair to make the Josh to bring up Josh Allen as well, because. Yeah. And, and hey, I, I admit I missed on Josh Allen, too. A lot of people Me missed too. on Josh Me Allen. Too. Yeah. Yeah, we, 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 we did now. But the Broncos course, had Josh Allen yeah. with their coaching staff. Yeah. For a week for nearly a week. At the senior bowl. So they had an up close view of Josh Allen and didn't like enough of what they saw to pull the trigger and pick him. And that's where you say, okay, what were they looking at? That was not there. Why did they get that wrong? And since then, the coaching staff has been replaced. The general manager, there's a new one in town. There, a lot of things have changed, not necessarily yeah. because they made that decision, but uh, it's just interesting how so much has changed in just a couple of years there. And uh, yeah, we can get things wrong because, you know, that's not our job. You know, that that's <laughs> a little bit of our job is to look yeah. into how we think of players and stuff. That is why millions of dollars are dumped into this process is so that they don't get those things wrong. Uh, but Mace, let's look at one more thing. So Mike, Mike Clay, and we did this with running backs on Tuesday, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, we, we went through his edge rusher unit ranks because okay. he's ranked them 1 to 32. 
and he has the Broncos at number four. When I tell you that, just without knowing the other teams, without knowing anything else, does that sound about right? Too high, too low? I think that's right. Yeah, and I, I think that's I think that's about right as well. Um, and that's just why it doesn't really compute to me how they can have the fourth best unit, but you don't have a guy in the top 10. You're only going for 17 and a half sacks between the two of them. So I think, you know, being in the top four sounds about right for two top five picks for a guy that's making $22 million in cap hit this year. But the sacks just don't add up. So I think this sounds about right. And let's just see. Let's go through these teams ahead and just below them and see if it does match up right. So he's got the Cleveland Browns with the number one edge unit in the league with Miles Garrett, Jadavian Clowney, uh, McKinley, uh, and that that's who leads them. What do you think of them being number one? Are they ahead of the Broncos? Yeah, because uh, Miles Garrett... They've got him projected to Mike Clay has him projected to lead the league in sacks okay. and miles Garrett. He's in his prime now to kind of allude to what I said earlier. Uh, do they give him a big second contract or does some of the production that I cited make you think twice before giving him that second contract, but he's in his prime right now. Jadevian Clowney. It's funny. Like he's talented. He keeps getting big deals. Um, the sack production historically for Clowney has uh, never matched a, I think his potential, but he's still somebody who now you're putting miles Garrett opposite him and Clowney you think could feast, but it's also a, 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 it's also a ranking evaluating the depth and tech McKinley is an excellent number three rusher. And that's, we get into the 40, the 49ers at number two, the number three guy they have listed is D Ford. And D Ford's one good. of the yeah, that's one of the better pat one of the better edge rushers in the league. And they have Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead. So that's why you'd say those those two are high because one, two, three, they come at you with a lot of punch. And the, and the Broncos can as well can as well with Malik Reed being number three, but D Ford as a number three is like well, you're like whoa whoa. So it goes pretty deep. And then Washington at number three. Wait, so not, really quick, do yeah. you do you agree with Cleveland being one? Yes. I don't. And the reason is Miles Garrett, fantastic. Mace, because the NFL is scared and they play with scared money, they're absolutely going to pay him. They're they're going to say, Oh, we we have to pay him. He's the best. And maybe he lives up to the contract. But as you said, uh history would say he's probably not going to live up to the huge second contract, but they're gonna pay him. Jadavian Clowney is incredibly overrated incredibly overrated you know how many sacks he has combined in the past two seasons while playing in 21 games how many three yeah three sacks he had zero sacks last year after signing with the tennessee titans zero he had three the year before with seattle Three sacks, incredibly overrated. Now, the the two years before that, he had nine and a half sacks and nine sacks. Still overrated. And those were the best years of his career. Jadavian Clowney is still thought about as the talent he was coming out of college. And boy, was he a talent. But he has very much been an underwhelming player in the NFL. Is he a bad player? No. Is he a good player? Yeah. Is he a great player? No, he's a, he's a good player and that's about where it stops. So miles Garrett. Great. Like you said, though, tack McKinley being their third is really strong, but just 
Jadavian's name is bigger than his game, so I'm knocking them down a bit. I don't think they're number one. You look at San Francisco, Nick Bosa, in my opinion, probably the best pat, the best edge rusher in the NFL when healthy, and obviously that's a pretty big asterisk with Nick Bosa is when healthy. Eric Armstead and D Ford are great. I'm putting that unit at number one. Cleveland maybe at two, but let's talk about that. That third team on the list, the Washington football team. Like you said, Chase Young, Montez Sweat lead the lead the group there. Yeah, and Chase Young, I think actually could be somebody who leads the league in, in sacks this year. And yeah. down the stretch was looking uh, looking dominant, looking like a generational talent last year and so yeah, i take i even, take that yeah. back about nick bosa i'm probably going chase young one nick bosa two yeah and that's and but the reason why you'd have them behind san francisco and cleveland is that you get to three and four it's not as strong as what Cleveland as as as, uh, as what the others have and that's why you're sticking washington number three and then and then the broncos deeper one two three but right now today if you had to choose between Von Miller and Bradley Chubb or Chase Young and Montez Sweat, if we're only thinking about the them as players in production, you'd probably take Young and Sweat. Now, you'd probably now we know about Montez Sweat uh, maybe causing some problems for the team uh, with with uh, not with his reluctance to take a vaccine and what that could mean. So perhaps you'd be better off with Von Miller, Bradley Chubb as your top two right. guys, but Chase Young. You look at, I mean, I look at Miles Garrett and, and Chase Young as guys who are one, two, and then Nick Bosa kind of slots in behind them as well. Yeah, yeah. So very, very as edge guys, and and so and again, and, and you you mentioned Jadavian Clowney. I mean, this is his shot right here. This, this I mean, he's uh, he's not proven to be a guy who can uh, have a big sack, who can have big sack production when he's the number one. What does he do now that attention goes to Miles Garrett? Can he capitalize? If he does, then I think you are looking at the Browns overall being a, a unit that's going to be worthy of number one. All you know, we're, we are projecting what they're going to be this year. I would actually say the other the, the group on this list that I think is way too is way too low. You have Green Bay with both Rashawn Gary and Zadarius Smith. That's all the way down there at number nine. Green Bay, I think, should probably be right there behind Denver. Okay. And then so, Tampa and then Tampa Bay right there behind Green Bay. Man, I got to say when I look at this and we get to the Broncos at 4, there's even an <laughs> argument and maybe it's just because I hold Von Miller and Bradley Chubb in way too high of of a standard. But there's an argument for them being number 1. It wouldn't be crazy for at the end of this season for them to be to turn out to be the best edge unit because again, Miles Garrett's going to be great. Jadavian Clowney could still be a one and a half sack per season guy. Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, if that's the case, should be better than those two guys. Nick Bosa is a guy that gets hurt uh, all the time. Eric Armstead very solid in the middle and D Ford, that's a Darn good group if Nick Bosa is healthy. But again, if Nick Bosa is healthy, Von Miller, Bradley Chubb could be better than that. Chase Young, Montez Sweat. I love where Chase Young's going. Montez Sweat, seven sacks his rookie season, nine sacks last year. If he settles around 10, well, then Von Miller and Bradley Chubb should be better than that, should be better than those two guys combined. So I just love where the Broncos are. And then, of course, you have Malik Reed as the third option. Is he as big of a name as D Ford is for San Francisco's third pass rusher? No, he's not. He's not getting paid like it either. But, man, eight sacks last year, that's a 
hell of a third option to have for the Broncos to turn to. Now, he, Mike Clay, has Malik Reed going for three sacks this year. And if Malik Reed doesn't get much of an opportunity, it's not crazy to see him having three, four sacks this year. If he gets an opportunity like he absolutely should, he could have eight sacks again. Heck, he's putting his sights at 10 sacks, which is possible. Uh, but I mean, uh, 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 ESPN doesn't even have Von Miller or Bradley Chubb getting 10 sacks. So I'm not going to go out and say that he can do that either, but it's not crazy for the Broncos to have the best edge rushing unit in the NFL. And they honestly, that's what the expectations should be as they should be fighting for that one. They have two top five picks. They've got a $22.5 million cap hit for Von Miller. They've got Bradley Chubb, who they just picked up the fifth-year option for, and they have a fantastic third option in Malik Reed. And something else that, that a lot of these units have is great defensive interior line play as well, which will help free up these guys. The Broncos have that as well. You look at Washington, they have that as well. You look at San Francisco, they have that as well. Yeah. I mean, maybe the Broncos aren't quite at that level, but they're above average on the interior, especially mm -hmm. if Draymond Jones makes the leap. And, uh, and she, we know how disruptive Shelby Harris is. So, right. hey, I salute your optimism. I'm still going to keep the, I, I'm going to say if the Broncos are right here at fourth, I'll be, I'll, I will be happy with that. Mm -hmm. Malik Reed, though, you bring up a, a good point in that he did have eight sacks last year and he, when he had the playing time. And, uh, I know he expects 10, but we also know how Vic Fangio likes to, you know, ride his, his edge rushers and have them out there. He just, he doesn't live, he doesn't rotate as liberally as Wade Phillips did. Right. And if he did, I would expect more production wise from Malik Reed. Unfortunately, Malik Reed is his production is probably tied to the availability of Von Miller or Bradley Chubb. If one of them is hurt, then I think Malik's going to step in and have another eight or nine sack year, which is going to set him up for some big money in the future. Um, and yes, I do think it is possible that Malik Reed over time makes the Shaq Barrett jump with more playing time. And Ooh. that is something you wonder if the Broncos are going to think about when it comes time to talk about Von Miller's contract, uh, next off season. Now we've discussed how, if Aaron Rodgers is a Bronco, I think Von Miller is going to find a way to kind of reduce his, his salary demands and try to stay. But having Malik Reed there in the bullpen gives you an opportunity to, uh, to, to, get, to get a productive player at a discount who could – I'm not saying he will make that leap. It is possible. And, and maybe if he – let's say he doesn't make the leap of Shaq Barrett. What if he still makes the leap to being like a 10-11 sack guy? You're happy with that. That'd be worth a decent contract. Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely would be. And Mace, you said you wonder if the Broncos will consider Malik Reed's potential when potentially signing Vaughn up again next year or, or letting him walk. It would be just ridiculous if they didn't consider that. And I'm not saying just let Vaughn walk and, 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 you know, kick him out. But if you're not considering other options, especially after you saw what happened with Shaq Barrett, then you are, you, you are just not looking at the whole picture and you're not doing your job. Now, if you look at that and you say, we think Vaughn is going to be uh, a better player, maybe even a better value than Malik Reed, which is crazy to think about. Uh, but if they do that and then they say, yeah, we, we're going to stick with Vaughn, then, well, they did their due diligence, uh, but they didn't do that with Shaq Barrett or else they wouldn't have let him walk. They wouldn't use a top five pick 
to, uh, you know, replace him and just let him walk. They, they simply wouldn't have done that. Uh, or they just had a, a totally wrong evaluation on who they thought Shaq Barrett was because he has proved them wrong. So very interesting conversation, Mace. I've absolutely loved this entire conversation. And, you know, I love talking about quarterbacks, but it's, it's so yeah. fun to look at the opposite side of the ball too. Well, if you're not going to talk about quarterbacks, you got to talk about the guys that are required to get the quarterbacks, right? I mean, yeah. that's, and that's the, and look, that was the logic for picking Bradley Chubb number five. You can't, yep. you, we're not going to pick a quarterback. Let's get the guy who can get the quarterback. But uh, unfortunately we're sitting here talking about two picks that came right after Bradley Chubb being guys who are very clearly in the elite. And we're still waiting for Bradley Chubb to reach elite. We know he's a good to very good player. He's got, he's, he has to find a way to get to the next level before I think this is going to be something that is dropped in Broncos country and beyond. Now, I want to tell you about a new partner at DNVR. That is Solace Meds, a premier dispensary with some hot deals for the hot month of June here in Colorado. Solace Meds has four convenient Colorado locations in Fort Collins, Wheat Ridge, one off Broadway in Denver, one on East Colfax in Denver, just blocks away from the DNVR bar. Here are some hot deals they've got going on for the month of June. 15% off all gold shelf concentrates, 20% off all wanna tinctures and tarts, 20% off all mountain select rosin and cartridges, 25% off all Blues Brothers joint packs. Do you want to get the band back together? That's what you do, right? Come on, Zach. You got to get my Blues Brothers references here. 25% yeah, off all Canha gummies, <laughs> 20% off all Keith Cola products, 25% off all Dixie products. They're also doing weekly vendor pop-ups throughout the month of June. And if you go on over to their Wheat Ridge location, you get a free Solace Bar or King Cone when you mention the code as well. That's the Wheat Ridge location of Solace Meds. Head on in and mention the DNVR20 code to receive 20% off and get a free solace bar king cone and don't forget about that code i just mentioned dnvr20 for 20% off and here's how you use it you go to solacemeds.com s-o-l-a-c-e meds.com make your purchases put in that code dnvr20 for 20% off and then go to your nearest location and pick up your order from there it couldn't be easier and of course if you use that code dnvr20 they know that your friends at dnvr sanction and there's no better way to support dnvr than by, by supporting our partners including solace meds check out their one of their four locations get the best customer service and 20% off your purchase with that code dnvr20 oh by the way the other thing on that Whenever we talk about Wheat Ridge, are you a Family Guy fan, Zach? No. <laughs> okay. I'm well, not a fan a... of adult, um, adult cartoon cartoons. Shows. Okay. There is a uh, a recurring thing on there where whenever there's a word that begins with W-H, that um, Stewie, the baby, will put an emphasis on the H. So, like, for example, cool uh, it become whip. Whip, <laughs> and there's a thing wheat wheat thins wheat thins so uh, stewie would say wheat rich i actually on, noticed you do that in the read it's on out to wheat rich <laughs> there's a the uh chuck uh Katon who called uh the whalers games for a long time he also emphasized the h when they were when you had the hartford whalers <laughs> the hartford whalers <laughs> wheat thins we can't have a pie without 
<laughs> well, anyway. there's no uh, there's no WH in Green Mountain Dental, so I can't <laughs> do that. But I can tell you that it's the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area. They're extreme Colorado sports fans. They're part of our DNVR family. They're hanging out at the bar often. So what's better than getting your teeth cleaned with a family-owned dentistry that's part of our family? Well, I've got one thing to make it even better. If you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam over at Green Mountain Dental, they'll give you a free Sonicare toothbrush. That is an incredible deal because that's what I use. That's what Mace uses. And it's the best toothbrush out there. And the best dentist out there gives you a free Sonicare toothbrush just by visiting them. So schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam with our friends over at Green Mountain Dental and you'll get a free Sonicare toothbrush. Make sure to tell them that you're part of the DNVR family so you can talk about any Colorado sports you want when you're there. They're only a 15-minute drive from downtown Denver. They're a longtime DNVR partner. They've shown us the love, so show them the love because showing them the love is supporting us in a major way. Schedule that cleaning x-ray and exam over at Green Mountain Dental and get a free Sonicare toothbrush. Also, check out our friends over at Gabby Insurance because you deserve better when it comes to car and home insurance. And lots of members and staff at DMVR thought they deserve better as well. And they put their policy to the test and turned to Gabby and found out that they that Gabby saved them hundreds of dollars. Eric Weedem, you know, Men's D-Line Co. actually saved over 1300 bucks. And how did he do it? Well, he went to Gabby Insurance. And Gabby, spelled J-B-I, literally stands for Get Up Better Insurance. And getting better insurance with Gabby means getting a better price for the same insurance coverage. Who knew something like this existed? They are the one true comparison platform with real rates and will give you an apples-to-apples comparison of your current coverage with 40 top insurance providers, including big names like Progressive, Nationwide, and Travelers, all in one place. Here's what you do. Take your current insurance information to get started. In just minutes, you'll be able to see quotes for the exact same coverage you currently have, and it's free to use. So go to get, so go to gabby.com slash dmvr that's g-a-b-i.com slash dnvr and then put your policy to the test they won't sell your info so you don't have to worry about spam robocalls all that crap that you deal with uh sometimes by putting your insurance your insurance or any other info in that's not going to be the case if you put your info in with gabby insurance and gabby customers save 961 dollars per year on average. So check out Gabby.com and put your policy to the test. That's Gabby.com slash DNVR, G-A-B-I.com slash DNVR. So Mace, really quick, before we hop into the comment section, there's one more thing from Mike Clay that I want to run by you. He has the Broncos edge unit being the fourth or the being the third best unit on the team. Do you agree with that? And can you guess who he has, what units on the Broncos offense and defense above them. There's two other units that he thinks are better on the Broncos than their edge unit. All right. You'd have to say, does he have the secondary broken up into corners and safeties? He does. Okay. Um, I'd say they both have to be better. Ding, 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 ding. You hit it on the head. And then which one is number one? Would you think corners or safeties? Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go safety for this reason. Uh, You could argue Justin Simmons is the number one safety. Whereas the Broncos, they have good depth at corner, but they don't have a top 10 corner right now. Ding, 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 ding. You got it. You nailed it on the head. Uh, Yes. He has the safety unit 
being exceptional. He's got the cornerback unit being exceptional, just a, literally a tick below safety. And then he has the Broncos edge unit being the third best on the team. Incredibly good. And then there's a pretty big drop off between the next best unit on the team. But yes, I mean, he has Von Miller and Bradley Chubb being the third best unit on the team. If Bradley Chubb and Von Miller live up to my expectations of them and they're still the third best unit on the team, Holy cow, this defense is going to be lights out. You have high expectations, Zach. <laughs> I do. I do. But to your credit, they're for they're formulated by draft position and contract. <laughs> yeah, they're formulated by just how the team views them and how they're being paid. Yep. And uh yeah, we'll we'll see if your expectations uh end up coming to fruition or if they end up coming in below that, which might meet a lot of people's standards, but not Zach Stevens' standards. <laughs> yes, exactly. Not my standards, but something that always meets my standards, Mace, is jumping into the comments section and talking to the people. First one coming in from Greendale Human Being. Good morning, y'all. Sorry to bring it back to a crazy place, but with all the weird talks this week about dipping your pickles in things, whoa, hard and creamy RKs, whoa, it can't help me but make me think about the theme song and how Pleasure Horse sounds a lot like an establishment for Robert Kraft would frequent in Denver. Oh, oh my dear. goodness. Anyways. I don't know. Pleasure horse, orchids of Asia. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. He goes on and says, anyway, so an actual question, what, what all that you've invested with, with all that you've invested in the wide receiver group and how good Tim has been, do you think it's more likely that we say KJ returning punts or kicks this year? I'm a huge fan of Deontay Spencer, but I'm having a hard time seeing him on the final roster for being primarily a returner. Uh, I think it'll be Deontay Spencer. And one reason why I think you won't see KJ Hamler as the regular punter kickoff returner is I don't think his hands are reliable enough for that. Mm. I think with KJ Hamler, you'd be very worried about a fumbled punt. It's mm. a really good point. Yeah. He he's more of your, like, remember when they had a keep to leave practicing, uh, returning punts in practice because he was there. Uh, he wasn't their hands guy. He was there. If it, you know, there's four seconds left in the game and they needed a touchdown, a keep to leaves the one to throw back there. That's what KJ Hamler would be to them mm -hmm. in this situation. If they have their, if they ever have him return punts, he's not your every down guy. He's your guy where if you need a miracle to happen, you throw him back there and hope he works out. Yeah. With KJ Hamler's drop rate, if he's the punt returner, the sphincters of every coach on the Broncos oh, sideline are going to tighten <laughs> to an unfathomable degree. So I can't see that happening. And, so and Mace they did bring in some potential returners, but Tom McMahon really likes Deontay Spencer. Of course, Tom McMahon really liked Max Duffy and Max Duffy got cut. Yes, exactly. Here. I actually had this conversation with someone in the Broncos just yesterday how do you get all of these talented wide receivers on the team? And of course, uh, we we know that KJ Hamler's making the team. Tim Patrick, uh, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton. So there's four spots guaranteed. Let's say you have three more spots. Let's say you're going to carry seven wide receivers. Uh, let's say you want Tyree Cleveland and Seth Williams to make the team. Well, if you're keeping Deontay Spencer, boom, your room's done right there. So maybe it's a competition between Seth Williams and Tyree Cleveland for one of those spots, uh, Deontay Spencer, and then you have one spot for someone else. Or if you want to open up a spot at receiver, you think that Tyree Cleveland can return kickoffs for you. So boom, that makes half of Deontay Spencer expendable. What if 
Kendall Hinton can prove to be a reliable guy in the return game. Now, maybe he's not the explosion guy, but what if he can successfully catch punts and it's someone that you count on? Tyree Cleveland can do kicks, and then maybe K.J. Hamler's your explosive punt returner if you ever need that. Kendall Hinton could carve out a, a spot for himself to not only be reliable in the return game, but also what, what have we seen from him this year? Vic Fangio's that single-handedly pointing him out saying, this is a guy that stood out to me. He could also be a reliable receiver, which Seth Williams, Tyree Cleveland, they can both be really good. Uh, their potential is off the charts. Uh, but what if they trust Kendall Hinton even more as just a reliable receiver? That's how he carves out his role is a reliable route runner receiver that they can count on. And maybe he can carve his way onto the final 53 man roster by showing that he can catch punts. Maybe we'll see. Now, that being said, you mentioned some receivers there. And I think if Kendall Hinton makes the roster, the guy who may, they may try to stink to the practice squad is Seth Williams. Right. Yeah. Be, being a guy that has yeah. never played a snap in the NFL, a little right. easier to do that than maybe a Tyree Cleveland. Yeah. And I mean, with Deontay Spencer, he is not just a reliable punt returner. He became a very good punt returner last year. I'm yeah. not a kickoff return. Yeah. You're kind of not concerned about that. You play half your games at elevation and that means a heck of a lot of touchbacks. So that's fine. But you need somebody on punt returns. And uh, I think you, you, do like, you do like how far Deontay Spencer has come. Um, I would, I'd still expect Deontay to be on the 53. Okay. If, if, and, Hinton, and, if Hinton makes the 53, I think it's at uh, Seth Williams' expense. Okay. And, and that's very fair. I just think that there's going to be more of a conversation of Deontay Spencer potentially not making the team just because he so far, Mace, he's been on the team for two years and he's provided pretty much no, nothing on offense. So he would truly be a special teams guy making this team. Yeah. But I, th that still has value. And I look, somebody who averaged 15.8 yards of punt return as he did last year. That's somebody that, that should have value on this roster. Fair. And, yeah. And even, and even if you take out the 83 yard punt return that he had in Carolina for a touchdown, uh, he's still somebody who's at, he's, he, he's averaging just under 12 yards of punt return. Yeah. And yeah. those guys and, aren't and easy to find. And that's why he's probably in the front seat, right? Or, or in a good spot yeah. to make the 53. Yeah. And uh, yeah, kick not good on kick off returns last year, but again, kickoff returns, less of a concern. Those it's hard. The, the, the punt returner, if you find a guy who can do that, I think you try to stick with him at least through his, through his first contract. Count Lockula, the 1983 bucks lost the season opener in a barn burner, 11, nothing Detroit lions. This is the only time this score has ever happened in NFL history. Fun facts. Love the count. Oh, 11, boy, nothing. 11 nothing geez it was his bet you know i wasn't there i've seen but i've seen the uh the film i've seen the the film of the game it's as bad it's as bad as you think it is with that score yeah that sounds like uh bad and boring which is terrible yeah and that's uh the 1983 bucks they they lowballed doug williams and let him walk to the usfl and they were left with Jerry Goldstein and Jack the Throwing Smoan Thompson at quarterback for that game. <laughs> and both of them and both of them were pedestrian at best.
Yeah, at best, like you said. <laughs> Tommy Bronco chiming in. He says, hello, fellas. Back again with the comment. It's been a while. I've been in Pensacola for training before Hawaii. Now to questions. That's awesome, by the way. First, what qualifies a Colorado native? I was born in Aurora, but my family moved when I was three, and I didn't come back until I was 22. Do I qualify? I think so. Yes. I mean, native means you were born here. Yeah. Yeah, it's all about being born here. So, yeah, you're a native. Nope. Yep. You, you could have you been born here, moved a week into your life, you'd still be a native. Yep, exactly. Second, Mace, I got some trivia for you. Pensacola has a minor league baseball team. What is the team? And what MLB team represents them? Oh, man, this is way too easy uh, uh, trivia for Mace. Yeah, the Pensacola Blue Wahoos. <laughs> and they're an affiliate of the Miami Marlins. By the way, you look at the Marlins organization, and if you're in Double A, you are a part of the uh, you, you're a part of the Blue Wahoos. And if you're in Triple A, you get promoted to Jacksonville, and then you become a jumbo shrimp. Oh, By the way, this, this, this is how the Marlins system goes right now. You're part of the Rookie League, Gulf Coast League, or Dominican Summer League Marlins. Low A, the Jupiter Hammerheads, Shark. High A, the Beloit Snappers, and uh, a snapper is a turtle. And then Blue Wahoos, Fish, Jumbo Shrimp. So you go, you're a shark, you're a turtle, you start off a fish as a Gulf Coast League Marlin. So you go fish, shark, turtle, back to fish, and then shrimp, and then back to fish at the Major League Club. How about that? <laughs> that's a hell of that's a hell of a minor league system right there <laughs> that is crazy <laughs> that's hilarious oh my gosh but yeah blue wahoos to jumbo shrimp that that might be the most fun uh the, the most fun nickname promotion through the minor leagues right now is going from the blue wahoos to the jumbo shrimp <laughs> although I love although it. wait in the same league as the blue wahoos are the rocket city trash pandas Oh yes, <laughs> in the uh, the double. Although it's it's now like double A South because they changed the name of to they changed the names of the minor leagues to from like Southern League and Texas League to like double A South, double A East. It's 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 just terror. It's just terrible what they've done <laughs> to uh, minor league baseball this year. But yeah, you in in the Angels organization, you go from. High A, the Tri-State Dust Devils, Double A, Rocket City Trash Pandas, Triple A, the Salt Lake Bees. That's not as fun as the that's Blue Wahoos. That's very underwhelming. Yeah, that's not no. as fun as Blue Wahoos to Jumbo Shrimp. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he goes on and says, lastly, if Aaron Rodgers is traded to Denver and we get on Hard Knocks, which A.A. Ron character do we get to see? Discount double check Aaron, Boulder Man, Bun Aaron. Let me let me know what you think. Cheers, Tommy Bronco. Oh, I definitely think we're getting Boulder Man Bun. Oh, I think we're getting all of them. I think oh, we're yeah. getting every side of Aaron Rodgers if he's a Bronco. I honestly think we're we're only getting the good side, though. I think he's going to be so thrilled to be yeah. out of Green Bay. We're going to see just a very happy, fun-loving Aaron Rodgers, something that Green Bay has not seen in a while. I think it's in terms of kind of the fun he has, it's going to be like he found the fountain of youth. Yes, <laughs> yes. He's going to he's totally... going to be he's going to be twenty nine years old again. He's going to be acting like a free man. Hey, a little Shawshank Redemption. Like He's he gonna you know, escape jail. He will have found his Rocky Mountain high. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Hopefully not testing positive though. 
Yeah. Although uh, it'll, be, it'll be that he was, he was reborn in the summer of his 38th year instead of <laughs> his 26th year. Hey, so, I get, I get the John Denver reference. You can have those around me. Oh, there's something old that you like. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. He'll be taking those country roads home. Although I know that's West Virginia, but there are country <laughs> roads in Colorado as well. Melbourne Bronco. Happy 29th birthday again, May. Speaking of 29, hope you enjoyed, enjoyed a few quiet beverages. I actually, I had a very nice peach mule with dinner last night over at Shanahan's. Oh yeah. How was the meal? Oh, amazing. I had a, I had, I had the seared ahi as my entree. Mm. I had a, it's my birthday, right? So I got the lobster tail on the side. So I had a lobster Ooh. tail, seared ahi, and then the appetizer. We had some oysters mm. and um, so uh, some uh, some tuna tartar. Uh, yeah, oh, as you can man. see, I'm a seafood guy. And oh man, you're a tuna guy. Yeah, it was amazing. So is the uh, is the seared ahi? Is it served just like uh, the steaks are served there where it's just like uh, the, the meat in the middle and that's it? Uh, no, it's actually on a bed of rice okay. with a little drizzle of uh, like a little wasabi on the side. Oof. And it's incredible. It's incredible. It's the most it's the most it's the underrated gem on that menu is a seared ahi. Oh, I love it. I love it. And hopefully you actually I know you wanted to be right in front of a TV to watch Tampa Bay, but hopefully there were no oh. TVs there. There were, and I did see the game and I was very unhappy at the end, but <laughs> yeah. yes, we were sitting like there, they you know that they have the booths and they have like in the bar area. So literally like the TV is like, I, I kind of looked up to my left and I could see what was on in the game. Pardon me. So, well, I'm glad the meal was good, even though the, the outcome wasn't, but Hey, you got a game yeah. seven. Yeah. we got another chance. Uh, hopefully Nikita Kucherov will be out there. He was the victim of a really dirty hit last night, but you know, mm, yeah, hopefully uh, Islanders goon squad. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I was saddened with you guys, says Melbourne Bronco. And my QB comment yesterday, nobody picked Elway. I just can't have Brady labeled the GOAT. He's always had the best weapons at his disposal. I'm sure if Denver had better sides way back when, Elway would have five rings since Dev, two. Same for Marino and Jim Kelly. All three are outstanding quarterbacks, but all had deficiencies in their teams that led to Super Bowl losses. Just my opinion, but great overall teams win Super Bowls, not QBs. Maybe I just despise Brady. You One do, thing, you do you just do. despise Brady. <laughs> and I'll, I because like, yeah, but like go back to that first season and we say, obviously that that was a Belichick title in many ways. Tom Brady's first year as a starter when the Patriots went Super Bowl 36, he's thrown a Troy Brown and David Patton. Mm. His, yeah, he has a thousand yard running back behind him, but Antoine Smith is a pretty kind of pedestrian that thousand yard back. I'm not even sure if he averaged four yards a carry that year. Um, like he, he hasn't had the supporting cast of like, uh, like, like Joe Montana in the eighties, Joe Montana had Jerry Rice, John Taylor and Roger Craig. And, and then, uh, and you had guys on the defense, you had Ronnie Lott on the defensive side, a great secondary. I mean, so I mean, Brady's had a good supporting cast and, and certainly a better supporting cast than John Elway did until uh until mike shanahan arrived but um yeah it's it's not everything i mean other guys have had better supporting casts i mean um i will say this year though 2020 bucks win the super bowl that's the best supporting cast that tom brady's ever had yeah 
that's my that's my hot take is that the Mike Evans, Rob Gronkowski, OJ Howard till he got hurt, um, Antonio Brown, uh, Chris Godwin, the depth at running back, JPP and Shaq Barrett, that young secondary they've built, Vita Vea on the nose, Ali Marpet, um, Tristan Wirfs and others on the offensive line. That's the best supporting cast that Tom Brady has had. Hey, Aaron Rodgers, you can have something similar if you come to Denver. I know. That's why I want (laughs) this to happen. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, Melbourne Bronco, I I don't expect you to to be cheering for anyone else other than Elway or Manning, but... uh, here, here's what I, what I say every couple or every couple of months is just accept that Tom Brady's the goat life's a lot easier. You don't have to fight anyone about it. Uh, you can argue for Elway and Manning being too, but I mean, I accepted it a couple of years ago. Then Brady won another super bowl with, uh, with new England. Then he won another super bowl with another team. And it's like, Oh man, the, the fight's just not worth it anymore. Accept it. Life is a lot easier. Yeah, it's over. Next one from Mark IT Snatch. Hey, guys, who's the one friggin' Pittsburgh Steeler you couldn't stand but would have loved had they been on your team? Oh, man, that's a good that's a good question. You know, a lot of people around here because he because this guy went to CSU love Joey Porter. I couldn't stand him. What? But I would have loved to have him on my team. Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess if you don't like CSU, I mean, that's such a Ryan pick right there, Mace. It's like, he's on the pod today. Um, but yeah, he would have th- been great. I, I think part of it also, I look back and also when he, you know, remember a few years ago when he was co- when he was coaching and he got involved in that fight in Cincinnati in the yeah. wild card game. Yeah. Yeah. Bad look. Yeah. Um, it, that, that's true. And, and, um, and, but actually, you know what, I guess the, you know, the obvious choices though, Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. Yeah. He, he not, is not the a obvious good, choice. Not a good person. No. And I was going to say, it's even hard to say you want him on your team because of the off the field stuff. But like from a football perspective, you definitely want him on your team. He's a guy when you play him, you hate him. Not because but on the field stuff too, because he's so hard to take down. He's so frustrating to go up against because even great pass rushers have a hard time taking him down. So on the field, definitely. Ben Roethlisberger, a guy that, man, that just rubbed me the wrong way, just on the field. Thought he was maybe a little overrated. Heinz Ward, uh, you know, always smiling. Maybe that got under my skin. Just he's always smiling after making big plays against your team. But of course, great player. Would have loved him to have him on my team. So that's a non-Ben one for you. Yeah, that's that's a good one. But yeah, Roethlisberger kind of retired the trophy. Yeah. In general, even though I say Joey Porter, yeah, it's gotta be big Ben. And finally, this one from Casper fellas. If Tim Tebow does make the 53 of Jacksonville and successful as a goal line slash two point guy, we should like to see Denver find a guy who could do a similar job. If he, if he is, yes. Like I said, if you, if, if you went for two every time and Tebow could get you to 67% on two point conversions, you'd have about 16 more points over the course of the year. Absolutely, you take that. Find, yeah, find somebody. Out of the box thinking. I, yeah. I would absolutely uh, love that. Uh, but Tim Tebow, honestly, may be the best person 
to do that that I can think of. And the reason is, is not just because he was a former quarterback that like barely plays into it, but he's had so much experience doing this kind of stuff going all the way back to Florida, really uh, controlling the red zone, especially when, when you're only a couple of yards out. I think he's the perfect guy to do that, honestly. So uh I would like the Broncos to try and find someone to do that because it'd be creative. It would be forward thinking, but I wouldn't force it. If there's not a guy there, don't try to force it. And then you're only converting two point conversions, 33% of the time. And then you are falling behind. Like my said, magic number. If you can do it two out of three times, then boom, you are winning. It's going to hurt you sometimes, but more often than not, it's going to help. Absolutely. Absolutely. Zach. And that will do it for us today. Mace, this has been such a fun podcast. I've really enjoyed every conversation we've had. And one more time before we get out of here, got to tell you about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online, because over at MSU Denver Online, they're the new urban online university with learning outcomes equivalent to -to face-to-face courses, which is unheard of at other universities, but MSU Denver delivers. They have great gen eds taught by real people, great completion options, full programs, and the virtual services to keep you healthy and happy on your way to graduation they're the preeminent online university in the rocky mountain region and whether you're in person or on or 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 online it's all the same to them their students do just as well in their online courses as they do in person which means you get the same degree while continuing to live your life well mace that'll do it for us today i've really enjoyed this podcast thank you all so much for rolling with us today we'll be back with you tomorrow on three ring circus 10 a.m we've got two very special guests so make sure to tune in on youtube for that live we will talk to you tomorrow on the DNBR Broncos podcast.
you, baby.